Okay. <laughs> Here's one that is, it rings 100% true to me. My parents when I was eight. Go to your room. My parents now. Please come out of your room. <laughs> That's coming up here on The Spoon Drift. I'm Asher Leamund, and welcome to The Spoon Drift Podcast. The word spoon drift describes the spray of water that a strong gust of wind can blow off the top of the waves. Here on The Spoon Drift, I talk about the spoon drift of the ocean of ideas. There's really no bounds to what might be talked about. The goal is simply to unearth new perspectives and inspire curiosity. On this week's episode, I talk about loneliness and all of its complexities. First, I talk about scientific findings on how the COVID-19 pandemic has or hasn't made people more lonely. Then I take an honest look at my own experience with loneliness before addressing how to actually cope with that loneliness. Something that I think everyone is experiencing as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic is loneliness. Social distancing is, is a necessary precaution to help prevent the spread of the virus, but that has left people without a resource that they relied on in some shape or form before, the company of others. Personally, I can, I can remember the news briefly mentioning the effect of social distancing and what it could have on people. And concern about mental health definitely made brief appearances on national news programs and in articles, but from what I can tell, it has pretty well been overshadowed by concern and just concern for physical health. And so that it kinda kinda shoved mental health concerns a bit into the background as far as mainstream news went. While mental health is equally as important as physical health, unfortunately it doesn't get the same level of focus that physical health does. It doesn't get talked about as much. Despite that, though, mental health problems don't go away just because you don't talk about them. I also feel that almost everyone right now is experiencing some sort of loneliness as a result of the pandemic. And that might, it might not mean simply that you're not around other people. You can definitely be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Loneliness can take many different forms, and in an article published by Psychology Today, seven different types of loneliness were discussed. One, new situation loneliness. Two, I'm different loneliness. Three, no sweetheart loneliness. Four, no animal loneliness. Five, no time for me loneliness. Six, unworthy friends loneliness. And seven, quiet presence loneliness. One thing that I think is being experienced globally right now is probably the new situation loneliness. Typically, this type of loneliness is associated with a new job or moving to a new town, starting a new school, that sort of thing. Now, though, the new situation loneliness applies to a world threatened by COVID-19. There is an ever-present fear of catching the virus. Questions like, what will happen if I get sick? Could I get other people sick? Is it safe to leave my house? When is this going to end? Is it safe to go back to school? All these questions are difficult to answer and have people at a loss. And unfortunately, 
there are not really good answers to all of those questions. We don't really know when the pandemic will end. There's not really any telling which people will get the virus and which people won't. Conflicting messages from health officials and government officials makes it that much more difficult to find solace in, in knowledge that really pins down what to expect in the future. And as a result, all of this, it's, it's completely understandable how people taking all this in might feel a bit of new situation loneliness, like, like there's no one out there to help you. So yeah, it's not fun to talk about. It's pretty depressing to hear, and it's difficult for me to say, but loneliness is a very real problem right now. Now, the extent to which people are actually feeling lonely, that's an interesting topic. And that question is one that researchers have been asking themselves and studying for a long time, especially, though, in the past six or seven months. The pandemic had scientists worried, and psychologists realized that people would be being forced to stay in their homes, away from other people, away from the people they're used to working with or being around. They were extremely concerned about what sort of effects that would have on people. As reported by NPR, a team of researchers from Florida State University College of Medicine launched a study of loneliness back in January of this year. In the study, they followed about 1,500 people, 1,500 Americans of all different ages from January to the end of April, asking them about their feelings of loneliness. Starting in March then, when stay-at-home orders started to be issued, they decided to continue the study as a way to see how the stay-at-home orders and the, the pandemic was affecting people once people actually had to be home and stop going out to work and stop their normal day-to-day -day routines. The way it worked is that researchers would have participants fill out a quick questionnaire um, that had them rate their loneliness on a scale of one to three, with one being not very lonely and three being very lonely. The results actually flew in the face of what the researchers expected to find. The researchers found that the ratings of loneliness did not change across the time period of the study. There was a bit of variation, of course, but nothing statistically significant considering the sample size and the nature of the study. So <laughs> what's up with that? Everyone staying at home cannot see other people and they're not feeling more lonely? This seems a little bit weird. The researchers attribute the trend to people turning to those who surround them most closely, like their neighbors, family, and friends. They also acknowledge that technology, like web conferencing software such as Zoom, Skype, WebEx, FaceTime, also social media technology like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, also chat and streaming services like YouTube, Twitch, Discord, all of those things are kind of what enabled people to stay connected. All those services have, have now really become staples in today's world as, as ways that people can keep in touch. Front porch conversations, driveway chats, fire escape talks, all of those, all those types of things have also become more and more common. So even when physical proximity becomes difficult, people have still found ways to communicate with one another. Other studies from John Hopkins University and the University of Washington have also found a similar trend. So it's it's definitely this this pattern of pretty much non-changing 
loneliness levels is not just a fluke. It seems to be coming up again and again by different independent studies, and that's that's pretty significant. Now, there are some issues with the Florida State University study that I've been talking about. The biggest complication is probably the fact that the study was an internet survey. That meant that only people with internet access were able to participate. That leaves out people with low incomes or people who live in remote areas and don't have access to the internet. And so the, the study, it, it definitely assesses loneliness of a, of a specific population, not necessarily everyone. And it was also of Americans. So different countries could potentially have different patterns and things. And that right there, when the study is only of people with internet access, that is also a study of only people who have the ability to use those services I mentioned before, like web conferencing services, social media, um, text chat services. So the study, it, it's not perfect, but the fact that it looks like loneliness hasn't changed as a result of the pandemic is still pretty significant. Now I'd like to take a step back and dig into this a tad bit. Remember back when I was talking about different types of loneliness? One type of loneliness was I'm different loneliness. And the opposite of that, I think, could be a reason that loneliness hasn't dramatically increased. By the opposite of I'm different loneliness, I mean to point out the fact that we know everyone, and I mean everyone on earth, is experiencing this pandemic. It's not just you and your family. It's not just me and my family. It's not just a school or a single state or a single country. It's the entire planet. And people can find a bit of comfort in the fact that they are not the only one experiencing the feelings of loneliness and, un and uncertainty. That, interestingly enough, a type of loneliness that is held by everyone, it in and of itself kind of counteracts a, a general feeling of loneliness, which is kind of kind of cool and weird to think about. It's kind of like how, um, you remember teenage posts, those images that um, have like a single color background with black text on them, and they usually have some wildly relatable description of something that we just collectively understand as a universal truth, but then some adults or something might might not quite get it. Okay, I need to Google this. I need to find one that's good. Okay, <laughs> here's one that is, it rings 100% true to me. My parents when I was eight, go to your room. My parents now, please come out of your room. <laughs> oh man, reading those things just brings this feeling of, of absolute comfort, like someone else understands me. <laughs> and kind of like how those things, how teenage posts unite teenagers and serve as a sort of reminder that no one is alone. The notion that everyone, your family, your friends, strangers at the grocery store, people who live in Asia, Europe, Australia, South America, Africa, everywhere, are experiencing the same things. All of that kind of makes the pandemic just a bit more bearable. If everyone is at home, there's there's nothing really to worry about missing out on. We all have this this collective experience of discomfort and loneliness, and that kind of helps. Now for a bit of my personal experience with loneliness over the past few months. Earlier I mentioned different types of loneliness, so I, I think I'm going to go through a couple of those that I've definitely seen myself experience. 
First one being the I'm different loneliness. Now, um, well, this one is centered around the fact that now that I'm at home doing all of my, my schoolwork and generally all of my activities are done at home, <laughs> I'm no longer around a lot of people that are my age. Now, fortunately, I have my siblings. One is just a couple years older than me and one's just a year younger. But I, we, we have this, at least I do, I have this, this loneliness, this inability to really talk really openly about issues concerning people of my age. People in college who have to deal with homework, um, professors, classes, due dates, that sort of thing. It's they're, they're definitely issues that my parents try to commiserate with, but they usually end up just talking about how things were like when they were in college. And when I try to explain the problem, they don't always see that what may have been true for them is not necessarily true for me. And so that it kind of makes those conversations a bit difficult. So I've been left in this sort of this loneliness surrounding my school life. <laughs> Another one, no time for me loneliness. This one is unfortunately been weighing on me a bit. I've had a number of these vague texts that have these two words, I'm busy. And I've gotten those so many times over the past few months. And sometimes I just can't help but feel that the people I'm getting them from don't want to hang out anymore. And I know that's not the case. It's, it's not necessarily true. They have legitimate reasons to be doing other things and not to spend time with me. But boy, oh boy, doesn't make it any easier to stomach <laughs> whenever you're wanting to hang out with someone, to talk with someone, and they just can't. It's difficult. And that, because of that, I've definitely experienced the no time for me loneliness. Next one, unworthy friends loneliness. This one is usually associated with doubt concerning intentions or meaning behind interactions. And I've experienced this. A lot of my friends um, either don't respond to my texts or only respond to texts that I initiate. Now, I, I should be clear here. I am by no means a great texter. In fact, I am probably a very bad texter. I, I make an effort to text well, to respond to texts, to give insightful um, comments or messages. Texting is difficult, but I have to say, whenever texts don't come back at all, or when I I have to be the one to initiate interactions with my friends, it it makes it so easy to wonder if the other people just don't consider me as close a friend as I consider them. And so th these sort of um, texting dilemmas they, they have become glaringly apparent to me over the past few months. And they're, they're kind of difficult to, to get over. Also, um, as uh, th these problems have kind of popped up in my life, dealing with loneliness, uh, I remember a while back, I was kind of reflecting on motivation for perhaps the beginning of a romantic relationship and how some of them are spurred, some romantic relationships are spurred on by a fear of being alone. And 
I was kind of convinced that some of these these um, friendship dilemmas that I was coming into, these, these feelings of loneliness, were spurred on by a fear of being alone. And that I just I I didn't necessarily value so much the the interaction as much as I did just not being alone. But whenever I've had these issues um, with the texting problems or people being busy with other things, what I've found is that what I think my problem is, is that I'm more scared that I will revert to a habit that I've, I've had for a long time in my life of not having any close friends. And that I think I've, I've done a lot of, um, a lot of digging into this problem, but I think this is, is a bit of, this is the root of my issue because in the, in the past, like middle school, well, not, not middle school, high school, definitely. I had a lot of acquaintances, some friends I, I spent time with in extracurriculars, but nothing that extended beyond school. And I fear that that was safe for me. I, moving from middle school to high school, I'd moved to an entirely new town and making friends or doing things outside of school was something that I never really did. And so I, I, I kind of, I closed myself off into this this comfort zone where I couldn't be hurt or rejected by other friends by just deciding not to really invest time in really close or meaningful friendships. And so now, as I, I going into college, I did take time to spend time with other people and really kind of hope to foster close relationships. And then once physical or once stay-at-home orders came and I'm at home all the time and I found that I think it's easier for me to also go back to the old habit of not having close friendships and I think that's what I'm most fearful of that I will just fall into a groove of doing things by myself starting projects by myself spending time alone and then I won't want to go back to having friendships and a major goal of mine is to push myself and to do that, to, to make friends, to spend time with other people. And that's something that I value and want to work on. And I, I think part of my my loneliness comes from this this inkling at the back of my mind that I might end up I might end up liking the loneliness better than having a lot of company. And that is is a bit hard for me to swallow. Now for some coping mechanisms. We talked about types of loneliness, the loneliness that is is becoming more and more visible as a result of the current situation. But what about ways to deal with that loneliness and to 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 work with it and overcome it? The first strategy that one might be able to use would be to start a project of some sort with someone else. If you and someone else are both working on a project, you and them, whether it be just one other person or an entire group, everyone involved is kind of put into a position where they regularly need everyone else. It is essentially a reason that you have all agreed upon to regularly communicate. Since physical proximity is something that we need to be mindful of, projects that could be done remotely would probably work best at this point. I'm just spitballing here, but here are some ideas. 
a collection of short stories, maybe for a group of writers. You can uh, give each other prompts or something and kind of compile it all together. Maybe post it on Wattpad or something. Might be a fun way to, to work together and to kind of share thoughts and ideas and stuff. Uh, for music lovers, maybe work on a collective playlist that you could all add to. There are a lot of platforms out there where you can build playlists and you could all add to a single playlist. You could create different playlists for one another. Um, I've seen some pretty neat playlist challenges out there where every day of a month has a music prompt like favorite 80s song or favorite emo song or favorite high school musical song. Mine would probably be Scream from the third one. Uh, for book lovers, maybe you could start a book club and set up a schedule for virtual meetings. For, for programmers, you could collaborate on a game or maybe a mobile app of some sort. For gamers, you could maybe arrange to play a game together or stream something online. Setting up the streaming itself could be a project in and of itself. Another strategy could just be to reach out to people by texting, making a phone call, or having a video call. And another important step to dealing with loneliness is to, to, to really make an effort and try to understand why you're feeling the way that you are, why it is that you're lonely. Journaling, vlogging, starting a podcast, those are all things that, that could potentially help with that. They could help you better understand why you're feeling lonely. And the activity of its, the activity itself could also prove to to be a sort of release and a way to eliminate the loneliness. It can help you let out some of your feelings, help you better understand why you're feeling isolated, angry, or lonely. Um, I know I've used uh, a number of things to try to cope with some of my loneliness. I know first um, back when school went all remote, and I was kind of faced with this this challenge of not being able to see the friends that I had grown accustomed to meeting up with regularly and talking with them. I made a point to schedule virtual hangouts with my friends. So we'd meet up on a video conference and we'd just chat for hours. And that and unfortunately, it, it did start to die off as my friends started to get busy with other things and they no longer had time to hang out. But it was a lot of fun while it lasted. Those meetings were the highlight of my week. I would look forward to those days when I got to talk to my friends. That meant a lot to me. Another thing I've done is create a podcast. <laughs> now, before the pandemic, I, I had my own radio show. But once I was no longer to be in the radio in person, I knew I had to find a way to continue the show, keep it going. So I transformed my radio show to a podcast that I could do from my bedroom at home. And I've been doing it ever since, releasing weekly shows. The show has, it's not only helped me keep up to date on new and current events, but it's also been a good way for me to just talk about what interests me when there might not be someone who I can actually physically talk to about those things. It has also helped me, oh boy, sounds cliche, but to take a look at my life, I guess. Because talking on a radio show i do i do a lot of research and a lot of writing before i i record and getting a, a routine down and, and coming up with content to talk about topics discussion points it's it's really helped me be able to to pin down my interests also to better understand how i'm feeling like this episode i'm talking about ways that i've been coping with loneliness i mean that's it's pretty it, it's been it's been an experience for me. I've done a lot of a lot of thinking about my own personal experience in preparation for this show. So it, it's been 
an extremely cathartic experience for me all throughout the pandemic, as the radio show was for me beforehand. I did try to set up a number of projects with people, but unfortunately, interest was often lacking. So finding other people who wanted to kind of work on the same thing wasn't real successful at doing that. So what I did turn to was projects that other people could participate in more passively. It didn't require active participation or any sort of regularity to it. And one of those projects was a giant group chat that I've created dedicated solely to music. Now, if you've been following the show, you'll know that I'm a huge music lover. Music is its a part of every aspect of my life. I have music playing all the time. I keep up on new music releases. On every show, I have a music update. And I use this giant group chat as a way for me to kind of share that interest with some of my close friends. I got to spend a lot of time organizing the chat channels in the group chat and playing with permissions and other administrative stuff. I know it kind of sounds boring, but when you're doing that, when you're setting up this group chat before anyone's in there, you feel like you're just creating this tiny world and setting all the rules. And it's just this really this fantastic feeling of discovery and creation. I don't know. <laughs> it was fun. Um, and it is, it's been great because I get to post in the chat about the music that I'm listening to, the music that I'm looking forward to. And it, it just makes me feel good. And I can share my love of music with other people. That then is complemented by posts from my friends when they post in the chat about what they're listening to, what they're looking forward to. And through that, I not only get to get a sense for their music tastes and sometimes discover new music that I never knew existed, but it's it's just, it's so fun. I like it. I've also been reading a lot. Now that, like, surface right from the outside doesn't seem like too much of an activity to combat loneliness because uh, it's, it's very solitary activity, at least when you're reading the books themselves. But... I I have found that it is it's helped me. It's almost like I've been finding friends in the characters of the books that I'm reading. Right now I'm reading Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And I've I've actually I, I started the entire Harry Potter series while I was in remote instruction. In that book series, I've kind of been able to identify with his struggles as a student growing up, um his friendships, his relationships with his superiors, uh, just all that. I've A lot of the, the interactions I've related to a lot, so that's kind of helped me. Another book that I just finished uh, was called The Island of the Blue Dolphins, and that book was about a girl all by herself on an island for 18 years, and that's based on a true story, by the way. But that book was incredibly relevant. While I'm not obviously stranded on an island, I kind of, um, in a less literal sense, am, you know? A, lo a lot of people are, in a sense, stranded on their own island, so to speak. And so in this book, she's having to build her own life around her, build a shelter, find food, um, deal with dangers to her life. It's kind of like this, this little microcosm for, obviously not when it was written, but now at least, for the, the, the sort of isolated life that we're all living right now. So the, the book, a major aspect of it was dealing with and addressing loneliness. 
and coming to terms with living by yourself. And that book, it was it's a very good book. I enjoyed it a lot. She survived, by the way. But books, they've really helped me get a better understanding of my own problems because I can I can see the characters. I can read about the characters. I can understand the characters from the outside. I get to see their thoughts, their actions, and I can see some of those things reflected back in my own life. And that's helped me. Also, the, the routine of it has helped me because I've, I've gotten in a, a, a steady routine of reading every morning. And that has, it's been quite a comfort to me. I've, I've talked about this in other episodes, but reading is something that I love to do, but haven't really had time to do it in the past. Once I was at home, though, I made a point to, to change that. And it's become, well, okay. Reading has just become a very important part of my routine that is kind of provided, it's, it's, it's rooted my day-to-day activities in a sort of structure that is, has helped me, I guess, have a bit of control over things in my life. And that's helped. Now that the discussion of loneliness is kind of concluded here, I think it's prudent for me to let you know that I am doing well. I have friends that I regularly talk to. I'm also very close with my family. And most most of the problems that I talked about that I'd been experiencing both began and ended inside my head. So getting past them really just took me acknowledging the problem and then taking some steps to fix them. And those were some of the steps that I talked about whenever talking about the coping mechanisms for loneliness. If if you are experiencing loneliness, the first step is acknowledging that you are doing so. And then maybe taking some steps to, to fix it using those coping mechanisms. If you feel that the, the need is there, there's always the option to reach out to a professional. And that sometimes is the best way to solve those problems. I'm by no means a... A professional in that sense. That's kind of a, a disclaimer there. Know that the there are resources out there for you to get help. Music update. This week I have one album on my list of what's to come out. And that album is Katy Perry's album Smile. That's coming out on August 14th. My music picks this week are the following. Tense by Bronson. That's American Electronic. Like That by Stand Atlantic. American Punk. Bury a Lie by Slaves, American Rock. Talk to a Friend by Slaves, American Rock. Your Love, Deja Vu by Glass Animals, American Alternative. Mirage by Song Ji Yun, Korean Ballad. And I'm going to give this <laughs> a shot. Machigai Sagashi. That's the song by Kenshi Yonezu, which is Japanese Alternative. Now, last week was a huge week. For music, as far as I'm concerned, as you may have picked up on, I'm really liking a lot of music by Bronson, which is a collaborative project from Adeza and Golden Features, and Slaves. Both groups came out with new albums last week, and I am liking them a lot. I will start with Bronson. Adeza, which is one of the groups in the Bronson collaboration and one of my favorite bands of all time, is great. And their influence in this album is very present, I would say. 
There's a lot of their signature percussion and grand instrumentation shining through in a lot of the songs. Tense, for instance, is a great song that that influence really really comes front and center. You can hear the drumsticks just flying and clacking. And later, a choir just slowly lifts you up. And you're like sitting above the clouds looking at a sunset. You know, it's all real nice and peaceful there. And it's this weird mix of of things in, a, in an electronic song, nonetheless, that Adesa just has this way of making it work. On other songs, uh, like Heart Attack, there's more drum and bass that is, is a bit more unfamiliar to me as far as Adesa goes, but that might be the Golden Features work there. Contact is a really fun song that treats you to a soundscape of static vocals and an infectious kick drum that just makes your head bob up and down. And the song Keep Moving brings Rez to mind. And she has she's an electronic artist, and she has a very glitch audio sound that's characteristic of her music, and that's what Keep Moving reminds me of. It's just a great album. I need to do a bit more research into the music of Golden Features, but if the sound of Golden Features is anything like that of Bronson, I think I might have found another good artist. Now switch to Slaves. The new album, To Better Days, is just phenomenal hard rock. The sound is a sweet, it's that sweet mix of anger and melancholy all wrapped up into this awesome rocks album. It's just, it, it's, this is fantastic. And that, that sound, that, that balance, it, it really strikes a chord with me. There are a couple of artists that, that manage that, and Slaves is one of them. And the song Talk to a Friend, Slaves crafts a timeless anthem for anyone who has ever inadvertently destroyed a relationship and then refused to see the pain that they're causing. And in the song, he's kind of, he's coming to that realization that, yeah, he messed up. He did something wrong, and he needs... To, to take some steps and to fix that relationship. In Wasting My Youth, you can hear Matt McAndrew just confess his uncertainty in a relationship. The, the lyrics are just so honest. And paired with the killer guitar and drums, I just I can't say enough about this album. I really, really like it. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Spoon Drift. If you want to listen to the music that I talked about, you can check out my Spotify profile, The Spoon Drift Podcast, and listen to The Spoon Drift Episode 6 playlist. For more episodes of The Spoon Drift, you can visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Spinnaker Radio. If you want to keep up to date on everything to do with The Spoon Drift, you can follow me on Twitter at SpoonDriftPod, that's at SpoonDriftPod, or on Instagram at SpoonDriftPodcast. Stay safe out there, and by safe... I mean both physically and mentally. Don't forget about the mental health. It's also very important. I will talk to you next week. That that book series, um, if you're not familiar with it, it's basically Harry Potter who's finds out he's a wizard and goes to a, a school, Hogwarts, to to learn. It's a wizarding, it's a, oh, I have butchered this. Harry Potter is about a boy who finds out he's a wizard and goes to Hogwarts, a wizard, a wizard school.
All right, scratch that. No description. 